Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. All right, everybody. I am so excited to have my very, very, very dear friends, Pastors Rick and Sheila Watts. And it's been a little bit since you've been on the podcast, but I love every time you guys come on. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to see you. Yay. So let me, for those of you who don't know them and you need to get to know them because they're amazing. um, I was just wanted to read sort of their, uh, their bio, just so you get a sense of who they are. Rick and Sheila Watts head up a multifaceted ministry in Orangeburg, South Carolina called Impact Foundation. They serve as pastors of a love birth, truth awake and community focused group of sons and daughters that comprised impact family who are impacted by love to impact others meeting several times weekly in the love nest. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love the love nest. I love you guys. Rick and Sheila have, have been in ministry together since becoming united in marriage in 1985. They have grown in grace and knowledge over the years and have found truth of their original design that frees them to be who they were purposed and destined in the father before the beginning of time. Over the years, Rick and Sheila have been certified educators as well as ministers, each receiving their bachelor's degrees in education and receiving their master's degrees and doctorates from the world Bible school university where we met. (laughs) They have served over 28 years in public and Christian schools, as well as serving as professors with WBSU. Rick and Sheila have three greatly wonderful, yes, sons and three fabulous daughters-in-laws and six precious grandchildren whom they spend quite some time traveling to share life. Uh, Rick and Sheila have been in transition and not only very excited about the effectual door of ministry that is being opened unto them, but are even more awed at the goodness and faithfulness of Father's heart of union for all mankind in giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness through his divine nature that will preach. (laughs) Great bio. Love it. Love all of it. So yay. Yay. Well, welcome. So we're going to talk today about grace walks and science talks. This is going to be fun. And I know both Rick and Jayla have a ton of stuff just getting ready to be unleashed in the happiest way. So yeah, feel free to, to take it away. Okay. Um, it's really funny because I have never been a lover of science. Um, I remember when I was in college um, and, and pursuing the degree uh, of teaching, I had to take science, of course, and I would go like, is this hard? Do I need to know much about science? I just have never, never been interested in it. And I, I remember going to, um, <clears throat> before I even went to the public school, public university, I went to a Christian university. And uh, I remember taking courses about, you know, Christian education, you know, and it was always, it was always uh, presented to me as science or God, you know, mm-hmm. they it was always like presented odds. like that. And so, mm-hmm. yes. And so it's either science or God. And so um, I've had to, I was like, okay, God. And I know that back in when mythology was birthed and when, you know, Abraham, we're thinking ancient times, um, they didn't have science. Of course, they didn't have any science book to tell them why the ocean was disturbed or why anything that happened in nature. So they always blamed it on, you know, it was a God that did it. A God was angry. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really started to open up my desire to, you know, to, to be able to pursue of, of the birthing of science the, for the Christians to awaken that science. I mean, every formula ever written, everything, every law, every formula is it, God came up with the idea. He's the, he's the master scientist and science is not a, um, negative term it's not an you know an atheistic you know whatever and so science is only five the word science has only um been invented or or thought of 500 years francis bacon is the one that uh 
coined the term and it just really means knowledge. And so, and so that's, you know, this is, this is what really began. I just, as I taught ancient world history in the public school, it just began to open up to me doors that I just wanted closed. I thought you had to have closed. And now it's just, I'm just on the very, I've just now started my journey of really putting the two together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, about a month or so ago when we talked about doing this podcast, it was, we had just come from a Wednesday night time of sharing with our people and the people sharing with us. And, and we were talking about Paul in the Bible, you know, and in second Corinthians chapter 12, he was having a really tough time <laughs> and a very rough time to the point where he prayed three times for God just to remove that this thing might go. But the response he got was not, it's going away. The response was, my grace is sufficient for you. And, you know, I've kind of taken the definition that Graham Cook shared, and I've made it my own definition as well of the word grace, because a lot of people uh, get grace and mercy confused. Sure. But my, my definition of what I feel grace is, is that grace, first of all, is a person who empowers us, who lifes us, uh, gives us life and is our life, which is Jesus. But grace is the empowering presence of God that enables us to be who God says we are and to do what God says that we can do. So, you know, we have uh, been studying and coming into some greater truths and knowledge, like Sheila said, and uh, so we've been talking about some of the science now that confirms and encourages us in our own faith in God mm-hmm. and what grace is really all about. When when he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, you know, that word grace, if you were to go into the Strong's Concordance, it means my gift to you mm-hmm. or my benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. Or my or his divine influence upon our hearts and minds and its reflection in our lives. And so grace is empowering. Mm -hmm. It is energy. It is frequency. And it resonates in our lives into everything around us. And so, uh, you know, we are not replacing our faith with science Mm-hmm. But I think what's happening now is that science is coming into alignment with the word of God and seeing results of what happens to those who believe in their hearts, uh, that they believe on the Lord. And so um, in this, you know, when you mentioned science, my I go back to my high school days and things that were taught in school, which were really opposite of my faith in God. Mm-hmm. And especially in the beginning, <laughs> but uh, the science, even though it's probably 400, 500 years old, as far as being termed science, really began to take a term, a turn at the end of the 1800s into the 1900s. Mm-hmm. And uh, there began to be some more studies that were done. And so that we could begin to see how faith works, mm-hmm. how grace works. How that the scripture says God, by his divine nature, has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness mm-hmm. by Christ Jesus. And so we can see that God knows us far deeper than we could imagine. Yeah. And that when Paul was getting revelation of my grace is sufficient he kind of knew that there had to be something deeper than man had ever experienced. Right. He knew about the spirit. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, I've got so much to tell you right now, but you can't bear them. In other words, you're not equipped. You wouldn't understand if I were to share these things with you. Mm-hmm. Paul talked about the word of God being quick, you know, cutting down to the bone, the joints and the marrow. And, hey, they didn't have microscopes to look into that marrow. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what cells were. But I now know. because of technology and because of science, you know, we see that there's a whole lot more to this picture 
than we could imagine. Yes. It's amazing. I yes. love that. And I love that historical perspective. Uh, and, and also really that it, it's a relatively new thing in human history. Science is a relatively new discipline. It's a, a different, a new way of, uh, of approaching, trying to understand the world, uh, trying to understand things by, uh, observation by, you know, empirically trying to figure things out, what you can observe, what you can measure. And, you know, and we've gotten increasingly uh, adept at being able to measure things like energy and quantum particles and all of that, which brings in a lot of the, uh, the elements that really point towards God points point towards his grace, his love, his light, his life. Uh, All these sort of intangibles are now being connected by kind of our our understanding that points to him. That is really exciting. And um, I know you have a lot of insight on that. So yeah, keep going. This is great. Well, you know, so I was watching, um, Not the passion. The new what's the new Jesus series? Um, Chosen. 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 Thank you, thank you so much. Sorry about that. But I was watching and I was watching one of the episodes of Jesus. You know, (laughs) healing people wasn't even saying anything, and and we know that it is you know movie and it is men, but somehow the spirit of God just begins to bring insight. You know, and I was looking at Jesus and I thought, Lord, you said greater works than these that we will do. Yes. How's that going to take place? Well, you know, we've got to see what he is doing in us mm-hmm. because that's what Jesus said. I do what I see my father doing. Right. There's an I am right now and we're the temple of God and we're in union with him and one with him. And so in this place of oneness, you know, we, we've got to realize and look at ourselves. It seems like we've got to say, Lord, I want my life to change. I want it to be what Jesus showed us life is about. I want to walk that walk. I don't want to talk about it. I want to walk the same walk. I want to walk in grace. I want to walk in the empowering presence and the wisdom and the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so in the scriptures, Paul said for us not to be conformed to the world. And if you look a little bit deeper than that, it says, don't be conformed to the religious world, mm-hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to do that? And the way that we do that is to find a life change is we have a mind change and to have a mind change. We need a thought change mm-hmm. and a thought change can even lead to a brain change <laughs> inside of us. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But we've been talking for months, and we haven't even gotten to the Lord's Prayer. But preceding the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, the Father knows what you have need of mm-hmm. before you ask. So he told us to come into his presence and just say, hey, Father, our father. And if you look at that word, our, another word that could be inserted and used, and it's not good grammar, but it is an awesome, awesome, powerful thought is the word we. Mm-hmm. We, God. Mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? We, as one, one God, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, we are one with him in, in this place of unity. And so, We can renew our minds, which will transform our lives, transform our situations by the renewing of our minds. And which Greg Cook says, if you're not happy with where you are right now and all of your thinking, just have another thought Mm -hmm. by changing our thoughts. I love the simplicity of that. Thank you, Graham. That's amazing. (laughs) And so our focus when we come to prayer is not bringing needs to God. Our focus is the Father. And in this place of oneness, 
You know, he is our source. He is our life. Scripture says in him we live and move and have our being. And so what's happening is in science is that science is helping us now to understand things that we did not know before. Wow. And it's only reaffirming our faith and belief in our Father, in Christ. Yeah. You know? No, go ahead. You know, sometimes when you mention science, oh, people, oh, no, not having that. Sometimes you mention some science studies, oh, when, you know, New Agers believe that and this, you know, and everybody wants to just, you know, shun things. Mm -hmm. But the Lord told us, Jesus said, when Holy Spirit comes, that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Praise God. Not just religious truth. Yeah. Not just your opinionated truth or what you think is true, but all truth. Yeah. And I was going to say something funny about the new age. You know, a lot of times people have said, oh, they're believing new age. But it's so funny if we think somebody from new age or Buddhist or Hindu, or if they say something, we just say, oh, gosh, we cannot receive anything they say because, you know, they don't, they don't, we haven't talked to them. And we don't know if they believe exactly like us. But um, someone said the other day, I was listening to something. They said, well, you know, um, New Age or whatever, they have air condition and they drive a car, you know. And even devil worshipers. He's <laughs> he said, even devil worshipers drive a car. And, you know, we, we do the same thing there, you know, but we think we can't share any kind of ideas, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and I believe it's fear based, right? It's fear. Yes. As if, as, as if, you know, you know, they're God's, they're God's children. We just have different beliefs or whatever, but there's a lot of things that honestly they're tracking with that are God things that we probably need to catch up on. That's right. And, that's you know, and, you know, I mean, that, that's just humility. Um, and obviously, you know, um, there are things that you're going to disagree on. Okay. I mean, the truth is I disagree with myself on a regular basis. Uh, but you know, we're all, we're all growing and we can trust the Lord is big enough to engage with all of his kids to lead and guide into all truth. You yes. know, I, I want to increase my faith to believe that he's able to keep me. That's greater than, than, than my faith that I'm going to be deceived, you know? And that, that's what the fear is. The fear is that you'll get drawn away and deceived in some sort of false religion. And if you're tracking with God and really seeking God and tracking with him, he, he really will protect you. But he may also confront you with some things that you're believing that are not totally kosher <laughs> not not we're all growing in the mind of christ and so if we if we literally had if we literally had jesus's brain on the earth whoop, uh, slapped <laughs> in our head we'd be getting jesus fruit <laughs> in yes. everything okay and no condemnation uh you know we're all growing uh but as as we're able to track with god and being led into all truth, we can also trust him that his mastery at being able to keep us if we have a pure heart towards him and lead us and guide us, even if we're like, oh, okay, wait, 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 we're gonna come on back, you know, whatever, uh, is greater uh, than the fear of, you know, wow, I'm gonna get deceived and drawn away. And so we really need to trust in God's mastery and his capacity mm -hmm. while being humble and teachable and realizing we have things to learn from every human being that we bump into. Yes. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's humility. That's yes. Humility. Yeah. You know, when he created us in second Peter one and three, it says by his divine engineering, according to the mirror study Bible, oh. he gifted us with all that it takes to live life to the full. And, you know, if he's already gifted us, right, and given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, mm -hmm. like you said, we have to trust him mm -hmm. because love does not disappoint. Thank you. And he takes care of us, mm -hmm. you know. 
And so when we're talking about science, you know, the things of the new science is called quantum. Okay. And, you know, in the religious world, sometimes that's not an accepted term. Uh, and in the old days, like we said, science spoke against our faith, but now quantum comes in mm-hmm. and affirms our faith and encourages our faith to pursue what is within, mm-hmm. not just the external, you know, the works of the flesh. And Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do in greater works than these. But how is it going to happen? There has to be a new understanding of spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, when you talk about quantum science, you've got people that didn't probably go to church like we did. Mm-hmm. I grew up in church. <laughs> My wife grew up in church. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we have had to work through over the years of things that we were taught that may have been true, but they weren't the truth, you know, and that he came to set us free from uh, works and uh, that we walk by faith and trust and believe in that he has already given us these things. But in quantum, you know, they use uh, uh, terminology uh, when they're talking about a higher power or they may talk about the universe. They may call it a matrix. Mm -hmm. They may call it or the Greeks years ago, you know, before Jesus day was called an ether. Mm -hmm. Some call it dark places. You know, but Jesus called it the kingdom Mm -hmm. and Paul called it in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't matter what the terminology is. I'm confident I know who he is. (laughs) You know, we had one of our dear friends, Lynn Joyful, uh, was at a welcome center. She was working there and a lady came in and said, oh, I just had to pull in here today. And she said, because the universe said there is something here for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, you mind if I walk around and look around a little bit? And she said, yes. Well, as she went to look around, Lynn has beautiful jewelry yes, she just does. that she creates. <coughs> and um, And she had this beautiful ring with her. And God spoke to her and said, give her the ring. But even before she said that, though, when the woman walked in, she just was watching her. She's like, oh, I've got to give her one of the rings. And then she said to her. Oh, that the universe has something for me Mm. here. She's over in the room and Lynn's arguing with with the father. I'm not going (laughs) to give her this ring. You know, this is a this is a prize position ring, you know, and so forth. So when the lady came back in. And she said, I'm just still looking. The universe said, the universe let me know there's something special for me here. She said, well, the universe spoke to me and he wants me to give you this ring. And from there, they begin to talk and they begin to share. You know, how many people in the church world or religious world Mm -hmm. that if somebody came in talking about the universe Mm -hmm. has told me that there's something special here for me? How many of us would just turn it off? You know, we have to realize that not everybody uses our church language. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Well, you know, and, and what's so amazing is that obviously as Christians, we're followers of Christ. We understand that this is all about Christ, right? But Christ is so humble that, you know, whatever is tugging on you to connect with the eternal, which is me, yes. whatever is tugging on you to lead and guide you, my spirit, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people, if we use the Jesus or the Christ terminology because of the problems with, you know, church abuse and religion and all that kind of stuff, they right. shut down, but it is God inside them. That's talking to them and leading them and guiding them because eventually um, as they're able to follow the universe and follow, you know, the higher power, whatever um, it's like, Holy spirit is like, yes. And my name is Jesus, yeah. you know, but we get so, um, uptight 
because we're all worried about being deceived, but then we're not tracking with how masterful is God to lead and guide into all truth. Of course, he wants them to know it's him, but a lot of people can't hear that yet. You know, um, I I remember, you know, one of um, a fellow minister had, um, had, uh, told me about a, uh, a woman that I guess she was a prostitute. I mean, really rough life, whatever. And she just felt drawn, you know, she needed to come closer to God. And so she went to church and unfortunately um, her encounter in church, she got raped in church. And so that shut her down from Christians, Jesus Christ. Of course she was traumatized, right? But she would wake up for like 12 years every morning and talk, talk to the universe, talk to the spirit inside her every morning. She would spend two hours and they would fellowship and it was love and light and truth. And then finally, at the end of the 12, year, 12 years, and it, and, it, and it bore the fruit of the spirit, right? But she just couldn't handle Um, you know, she, she ran into my friend and, and he was ministering to her and he said, you know, what, what would you ask who this, who this person is that you've been talking to for 12 years? He said, oh, you know, so who is this? Oh, this is Jesus. This is me. This is the real me. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and he loved her so much that she's fellowshipping. And I'm not saying that you can't, there aren't false spirits or things that you can mess with, but if it's bearing the fruit of Christ, yes, right. You shall know them by their fruit. Right. Right. So what's the fruit? And that's why I tell tell people, what is the fruit? And, you know, there are believers that are operating in fear and judgment and, you know, and, and, and um, just bitterness and things. And they're bearing all sorts. They're following Christ in a way, but they're bearing all sorts of crappy fruit and that they're not following his spirit. Right. right. And so they're not very, so it's a, it's a mixture, but you will know them by their fruit. So we need to be very careful before, um, before pointing fingers, uh, because God loves every single one mm-hmm. of his kids. Mm-hmm. He didn't send any human being in the planet outside himself and outside his love. He did. There are no, there are no bastard children born outside of God. If it's a creation, if it's a human being, you're created in the image and likeness of, of God by a father who adores you. Now, you know, if you were born in, in a Muslim country, you're probably, you're going to, in your hunger for following Christ, you're probably going to be a Muslim. If you're born as a, you're probably going to be a Buddhist. And I'm not saying there's not problems with these things. So don't, don't don't mishear me. But what I'm saying is that we can trust God to lead and guide all his children. And oh my goodness, to lead and guide us. If you have a heart to follow God, to follow Christ, you can trust him to lead and guide you. Even as you're um, uh, uh, investigating things that are like, oh, this is a little on the you know, this is kind of outside the church world, or this is right. And so what is all this quantum stuff? Well, how does that point to Christ? Because God is bringing all and all he's bringing all things back to himself. So which means if you have a heart to follow God, you can trust him to keep you safe while you're exploring different things. And it's, we have to be very careful that we're not pointing fingers at other people's walk, because that is a fruit. That is not the fruit that you want. That's not the fruit of Christ. And so many times we find ourselves as followers of Christ and we're, we don't know what spirit we're of because we think it's God, but it's not bearing his fruit. So we need to be very sensitive to what we're following and the fruit it's bringing. And if it's not Christ's Mm -hmm. fruit, we need to, um, ask ourselves, okay, so what am, what am I following here? Oh, I'm in judgment. Ooh, I'm in, uh, I'm, I'm in pride. I'm in condemnation. I'm looking like I have all the answers and these poor pathetic people, you know, don't that they have nothing to offer me. 
And it's like, there was not a single human being in front of you that was not created in love as a child of God that we can't learn something from. And so we have to be humble and we have to allow God uh, to flow through us and in us, but also trust him to keep us safe so that we're not following some sort of a formula and we're not operating in fear. Now we're operating in wisdom, you know, but we also have to realize God is way, way, way bigger than we ever thought. And so maybe we got to just give them our little boxes and say, okay, break up my box <laughs> and help me to grow. Right. Yeah. And trust him. Trust him. Yeah. yeah. So okay. awesome. That's good. So awesome. You know, uh, there's again in the mirror study Bible, I love reading out of there uh, in that same passage in Ephesians four in verse six, it says the only one God. He remains the ultimate father of the universe. We are because he is. He continues to continues to hover over all. He infuses all and indwells everyone. I think that's something like you said. We just don't realize that, you know, when we uh, in our religious circles and growing up and, you know, denominations or, uh, or or religions or or whatever we just don't realize that and you know the thing that people really need to know is that God is so for us we all need to keep that in mind he is so for us he loves us he values us and you know what he doesn't have an identity crisis he's God and he's not worried about whether he's called higher power power or the source or or the matrix or he's not concerned about that he wants us to know him and know his goodness and you know because all things were created in him according to colossians 1 and 16 the universe and then things that are seen yes but also the things that are not seen unseen, yes. the unseen and so Christ in us is the hope of this glory, this manifestation, this producing fruit, producing life and goodness. And spirit is simply energy, power, you know, and he lives in us. And even our thoughts are energy. And so, you know, that's why the scripture even says that we can call the things that are not seen as though they were. You see, there's some understanding that we haven't had, but now because of quantum, we're beginning to see things in a whole different way, you know, because of science that is proving that the word of God is actually true, you know? And so quanta is actually energy deep within the cells. You know, you've got your cells, your atoms, your subatomic particles, protons, electrons, and in that very minute, small place is this quanta, which is just simply energy exactly. or frequency. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, um, how I got interested in this was um, back about three years ago, I guess. I don't know. I don't watch Dr. Phil. I don't even really watch TV. I usually teach every day, so I don't have time to watch those daytime programs. But one time I was off from school. I could have been in the spot, I don't know, but I was just like, flipping through and just sometimes I just use TV to uh, detox, you know, just sure. anyway. And a doctor of Dr. Phil show was on and um, this girl, this lady was just, this young girl was just so in denial about drugs. I mean, it was just like, I was embarrassed sitting there. I mean, she, you, it was so obvious. She was in so much <laughs> denial. I, it even made me embarrassed for her. But anyway, she just would not admit anything. She had learned to con. She had learned that. And I was just sitting there going, oh, my God, she's just embarrassing herself, all this evidence. But at the end of the program, he said that he told the mom, he's like, there's he knows of one place in the whole world. He said that and he was going to invest and send in this girl that they have learned that you have to rewire your brain mm-hmm. when you when you when drugs have just so. um wire you know i guess you're going to get into that the wiring of the um 
what is it called? Uh, synapses. But anyway, and so that's how I got interested because I, all my uh, charismatic life background, I have been uh, taught about strongholds. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. strongholds. And, you know, I used to think it was like a super powerful demon. And then, you know, like a demon was over, you know, the South, South Carolina rebellion. There's this demon. He's huge in the air and he's causing everybody to be rebellious here, you know, and poverty. And then I sort of said, OK, God, and then I was open to more uh, realizing it was a thought. It really is a thought. Then I got into, you know, it's these strongholds, nice, just ways yes. you don't want to change. You've thought, you've thought this for your years, you thought this for years. And then, I, you know, and I don't know why God's bringing us into the, all this, but I know it's freeing and it's very pertinent to what the, the, the battles that I go through uh, mentally or whatever. But um, so when we, we just, so we say that scripture so lightly. And so we just, transform be transformed by the renewing of your mind yeah we just say it like if you read enough scripture you're going to be able to you know do the right thing right but the science of this is mind-blowing that's why i want you to talk about the science of it you know uh the thoughts that we think you know when the scripture says be transformed by the renewing of your mind in other words there can be a rewiring Mm -hmm. of the mind Mm -hmm. and it comes from the thoughts that we think uh, and it can even rewire the brain with all of its bodily functions. You know, they, they've seen where people have been in accidents and had brain damage and part of their brain that was damaged would control certain bodily functions. Well, what would happen is, is that through focus, uh, maybe uh, just strong meditation, strong thinking, uh, that other parts of the brain would begin to take over the functions that had been lost. And restoration would come. And so we call that uh, it's neuroplasticity, which is changing our brains, changing our functions, you know. And uh, that all comes from our thoughts, Mm -hmm. our minds. And, you know, years ago, I used to ask people, I said, okay, close your eyes and I want you to imagine a mind. And most everybody would imagine a brain. Mm -hmm. But the brain. Brain and mind are not the same. No. The mind is our, our thoughts, spirit, yes. our spirit, our feelings, our action, you know, the activities that are going on. Mm-hmm. And the brain receives energy mm-hmm. from those thoughts. Yes. And, you know, then there's the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But you can change your thinking, mm-hmm. which is what the word repent means, Right. Yes, it is. Change your thinking to the point that it changes your walk. You know, a lot of people want life change. They want a new beginning. Well, a new beginning is possible at any point in time. You're ready to begin to think a new thought. And the thoughts that we look for in Isaiah 55, where God told a rebellious people that the way you're doing things is not the way that I do things. Right. The thoughts that you have are not my thoughts for mine are higher than this. And my ways are higher than this. There's a higher way for all of us. Thank God. <laughs> and so, so, you know, a person is never too old for the neurons in the brain to be affected. It's good okay? news. Yes. Yeah. And so when you change the way you think, you change the way to experience life. Yeah. And so, we have these neurons in the brain, which are electrical impulses that jump from one to another when you think certain thoughts. And then they form a synapse and they form these pathways, pathways of yeah. firing neutrons in your brain that kind of are linked together. And what happens is that according to your thoughts, you form these certain pathways. It's almost like the connections on a Christmas light. The wiring in between is the synapses pathway that's connecting all these things together, you know. And and so all of your attention attention is going there and, you know, it's flowing there. Now, it can be positive. It can be negative. It can be constructive, but it can also be destructive thoughts that we think. So that's why the scripture says things like whatsoever things are lovely, right? Good, pure, honest report. Think on these things. And so because when we start thinking on the negative, then it begins to form a negative 
uh, perception in our minds. But when we think positive, it produces a positive outlook from our minds and our thoughts and even our brains. And then therefore it, it carries on over into our body. You know, the old saying that uh, where the attention goes, energy flows. Yes. And so uh, these neurons fire because of where your attentions go. So that's why we have to make our thoughts positive. Mm-hmm. Thoughts yes. and not negative thoughts. And we have to be intentional about it intentional that's exactly where i was going to kind of go downstream (laughs) yeah right that that is yeah you have to be and then if Mm -hmm. and then it well if we don't correct that they wire together and then it's like and what it just becomes like a habit you it just goes down like it's just going to keep flowing and keep flowing and i think this is a real breakthrough with um i think that a lot of people are, I mean, I don't know really the, the percentage, but I know this teaching and this was not really a teaching, this awakening that we have to the brain because we've always, I've always thought as a Christian or a charismatic, whatever I've been in the past that, you know, like science or God, then your, your brain or Holy spirit. I never understood how they work together. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, you know, when, when the word says what sort of things are lovely and true, that's been one of my favorite. I love that. Even when I say it, it does. I can tell something different lights up. I mean, it, is, it is good for your mental health. Right? Yes. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that is why people are drawn <clears throat> to people that are hopeful and positive. I can't remember who it was that said this. Someone at Bethel, they said the person with the most hope in the room has the person is the person with the greatest influence. They're just drawn to that hope. They're drawn to that. We'll need it. It's life. It's life. And so uh, making it a, an intentional practice to switch them, to switch it, to, you know, to switch, we start going, Oh wait, then we, so you can always flip a negative to a positive. So a lot of times that depends on kind of where you put your butt. So, you know, it's like, yes, there's cancer and it's horrible. It's a nightmare, but right. There's yes. hope. There's this, there's that there's God that's for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? You know, th- so it's, it's flipping that. And what you're doing is you're literally training your brain to flip into the mind of Christ. So get yes. out of the rut of the negative to flip it into the positive. And, and, and that is powerful. And, and that is a choice. We get to choose that. It is a discipline. And sometimes, you know, uh, people have gotten lazy. We just get lazy. And so we just go downstream and, you know, and, and no condemnation. But how's that working for you? Right. If that's yeah. not working for you, well, then let's do something else. Let's yes. give ourselves for doing it. But let's do something else. And start making a new habit, a new habit. And it's a rewiring habit is just a wiring that you, and you just go there and you just go there. So if you have bad habits, you can actually have good habits. And so you flip it into something and you flip it into something positive and you flip it into something positive because, and that is actually scriptural because hope does not disappoint because the love of Jesus has been shed abroad in our hearts, you know, so we can, so you have vast reason to hope in the midst of hard things. And this is what we're talking about. We have the ability and it's shown scientifically to point what the Bible has always said, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admiral, excellent, praiseworthy. Think on these things. And oh, wow, the peace of God that passes understanding. Mm. Well, guard your hearts and minds. This is called mental. It's a good idea. (laughs) So that's what, but, and, and, and the happy thing is just as you were saying is that, you know what, just because maybe we've been a neggy, but our whole life, well, (laughs) you know, that's probably not working out too great, but we can choose to flip that to the positive and start to focus. And our brains literally will rewire. I mean, isn't that amazing that God has given us that capacity and we can do that as following Christ at any, any part of our life, we can just choose and we can choose again and we can choose again and you start and it gets easier and easier. If you, if you've been negative your whole life, it's, it's going to be a little hard. That's going to be, you're going to need that grace 
but we have that, we get that grace and then we can choose and then we can choose and then we can choose and things get better. And you start literally, your brain is starting to be rewired into the mind of Christ, right? right. And out of that, from all that, that negative energy is flipped into positive energy and we get positive fruit. So we don't need to be afraid of energy. God is, God is energy. He's raw power. That's what dunamis is all about. That's his power that raised Christ from the dead. Okay. That's what you've got going for you in you, one with you. And we can pull on that to do these things, to do these disciplines and yield that Yes. And so there's vast hope. And then we can get together and encourage one another. So when, you right. know, we all get smacked in the face and bummed out and whatever, I mean, you know, in this world, you will have tribulation during, during the human race, but cheer up. I've overcome the world and we can be a part of that positive, good things and champion one another and, and celebrate one another and see what the Lord is doing because literally he's, he's, he's giving us the grace to operate according to these principles, which are just scientifically pointing to, oh yeah, and that's a thing now. We see scientific, yeah. well, it's been a thing <laughs> since we were created, right? Because it's, it's right. in Christ reality. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just really- Oh, you know, in, in scripture and of course with God, we think about Holy Spirit and we think about power. Mm-hmm. Scientists just use the word energy. Mm-hmm. You know, no need to get upset. It's just a different term mm-hmm. because they don't know. What we, right. we've known. They don't know the scriptures that we've been taught, the scriptures that we've learned. And, you know, I love what you said about, you know, you just can't flow downstream. Hey, whatever will be, will, will be, you know, that we have a choice. We can make the change. Yes. Uh, we don't have to conform to the world. Yes, the world can get our attention. <laughs> the ways of the world can get our attention. The ways of man get our attention. But we don't have to conform. We don't have to conform to religious uh, tradition, religious rules and regulations that we can break free from those things. By how? By keeping our minds on him, as you said, you know, and, you know, just because a thing seems to be true doesn't always mean it's the truth. Yes. And sometimes, you know, when God's trying to bring us into greater truths, it's going to go against the mindsets that we've had of what we've always believed was true. Right. And I've had God break my mindset so many times in all of these years, you know, uh, uh, you know, over 55 years that I've just been seeking truth. And that's what the whole world's doing, seeking truth. Even scientists are seeking truth. Oh yeah, everybody has a theory. Well, I have theories about Christianity and I have theories about church, but that doesn't mean that they are the truth of how God sees things. Yeah. And so we're all seeking him, but we do have thoughts and mindsets and these synaptic pathways and that have been formed. And we have perceptions that God is trying to bring change to or newness to or life to or a greater knowledge to. Um, and we have to press through. You know, uh, sometimes we, we, we see things that are superficial. Our mindsets are superficial. It's not based in truth. And sometimes things actually happen to us physically, financially, and in every kind of way that are superficial according to the truth. Mm-hmm. But what we have to do is, is we don't stop and just look at that, which has our attentions. We must become a people who are intentional yes. to find truth, know truth, proclaim truth, and live truth. And what we do is we push through, we see through the superficial to the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And that comes from our deepest, innermost being, our thoughts. And it is the energy that he has placed inside of all of us, all the way down, even to the smallest, darkest places He is there Mm -hmm. and he is the energy, the spirit, the power, the authority, the love, everything that we need. And he's positive. So always positive. We, we are looking God. I regularly ask God, how are you doing? Because he's so positive. He's always doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Some people are like, I want to ask how you're doing because it's going to be not going to be good. 
but he's always he's all because he all he sees the end from the beginning if my make my bed in hell even you are there he's you there why that energy is there to transform hell into heaven transform the darkness into light right yeah and always say say god how are you doing today have you watched the news god (laughs) (laughs) you know oh we gonna say that little thing but but you know being intentional the scripture says that god knows the thoughts and intents of your heart yes of the heart but here's the good thing you know when i was growing up religion always said oh yes god knows what you're thinking god knows your thoughts and it was a negative thing oh and to be afraid of god but you see the reason that god knows the intents and thoughts of our hearts and our minds is because He placed himself there. That's where we abide with him. And it's all good. He knows what's there. Mm -hmm. And all we've got to do is to begin to just meditate on him, look to him, focus on him, be intentional towards him because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He rewards us with himself. He rewards us with. And when we find out who he is, we know who we are. And and in all of this, we can begin to manifest the things that are of the kingdom, the things that are of God. And the good part about it is when you begin to learn that and you get these positive things and you begin to think about God and who he is and who you are and that you are loved. For some people, they just need to just focus on I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. And, And find out what his love truly is. But what happens is, as we begin to think and our thoughts begin to fire differently, even in our brains, what happens is we begin to form new synaptic pathways. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens to the old ones? They just diminish. They wither and die. Mm -hmm. Wither and die. Mm -hmm. And so that's the awesomeness of it. There is a plasticity. There is the ability to change in all of us. I used to call it being pliable before the Lord, Mm -hmm. but we can't be just pliable for the Lord. If we're not willing to, to have all of our thoughts changed, you know, Hey, I used to think this, but now God's revealed. Or am I going to, you know, leave this behind and embrace the new, which God is revealing, which God is speaking. And, you know, so many people are praying God, do this. God, do that. God, change this. Mm-hmm. When he's already given us the power, he's already given us the energy mm-hmm. and the ability. What we're learning now is wisdom on how to use the ability and the power that we already possess. And the scripture just plainly says, is Christ in us the hope of this glory? Yes. And so in all of this, just to focus can even change the structure of our minds, of our brains. Mm-hmm. And so uh, through meditation, through mental training, whatever we need, you know, and there are different people. If there are 8 billion people on the face of the earth, there are 8 billion different places in Christ. Absolutely. And so we all have things that we believe that God is doing in us. Mm-hmm. And you know, I heard somebody say one time that God can never do more through you than he's done in you. Mm-hmm. You know, that famous saying by Gandhi, I think of it all the time. They're like, oh my gosh, she thinks of him more than the scripture. No, but I know this was a God thought he had. Thoughts, your thoughts become your words. Your words become your action. Your actions become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. And, um, uh, I, th- I read this cute thing that was cute, but it was mind blowing to me because I'm a language arts teacher. So I give spelling tests. We still do spelling tests at our school. They want us to do them. So I've never thought about why the word is called spelling. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never even thought about that. Well, anyway, I read something from Bruce Lee. You know, he was all into discipline because he said that words do cast a spell that actually the word spelling comes from a spell. Wow. And so they have known this in ancient times. So, you know, the, that's why our thoughts usually will end up in our mouth. You know, our thoughts do become our words. Mm-hmm. And so, as you know, I thought I'll never I'll never look at my words the same. Just hearing that little thing about 
casting spells. Of course, we don't, but we don't believe that. But we do believe that you they are the impact frequency. You are, you know, and they they said that. Um, I've heard uh, something I was reading on quantum that, you know, negative talk or whatever. I don't know how they did it scientifically. It's the lowest level of frequency, but love was the highest level of frequency. I know. Don't you love that? Because love yes, is uh, and love, right? Love is God. So, you know, so of course it's the highest frequency. It's the frequency of God, you know, right, that's so right. absolutely. This pulls us, pulls us up into his mind and his, his yeah. way of being. I love that. It's beautiful. But, um, but, you know, there's so much to this, you know, you can do certain things uh, and then all of a sudden your brain knows how to do them. You wired them or you're driving a car. You don't, you know, really always pay attention, but you know where your light switch is. Yeah. You know where your windshield wiper switch is. You can just reach for it. Yeah. Automatically. And, uh, you know, so practicing something over and over does it, but also thinking about doing it has just as much impact upon our brains and therefore causes the bodily functions to work. I remember when Christian was young, my youngest son, and he was going to be a pitcher for his baseball team. So we took him out and we would practice throwing, practice throwing, practice throwing. And so I found this coach who really gave me a great insight. And he said, teach him how to pitch with his eyes closed. Wow. Now we're standing on the mound mm-hmm. and we're throwing the ball. We think that we're aiming the ball towards the mitt across home plate. Mm-hmm. But actually the pitching has more to do with the motion than it does by what we see. And so when you can train him with the right motion, even with his eyes closed, he can throw strikes. Strike after uh-huh. strike after strike, just focusing on the motion until he practices it enough until it becomes automatic. Wow. And so that's what we can do with our thoughts. But, you know, a lot of people go to church to get encouraged and then they go back to the same old life. They go back to the same uh, things, the same way of thinking. And until your thinking changes, nothing else is going to change. Right. You know, it's just so funny teaching on this is because this has been my weakness. It's really funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's funny, but God's bringing it. You know, he's putting it on pen and paper where I can really he always gives us a strategy. You know, I never knew that. I, I've always thought you had to fly by seat of your pants and you just had to pray enough, or fast enough or you had to serve enough or you had to suffer enough. And then death. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking I used to really think this like. When I get full enough of God, <laughs> I only get full enough with God. When I'm finally reached that place where he is, so yes, I can use you. You know, I really used to think that, that I had to do all that to get so full with God, you know. And so these thoughts, they just don't just go away. You know what I'm saying? God's given us a strategy to 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 conquer because I really believe. I, I heard this teaching revelation years, years ago. The promised land really is right here. I mean, of course, the Old Testament talks about the literal promised land flowing with milk and honey. But until we can possess and have peace and live in our mind, because your mind, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where everything, that's where you spend most of your day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the promised land is conquering, having, cast, being able to control your thoughts. Right. Really, it's true. And it's something that we can practice and get better at because usually, you know, just to encourage people, usually when we start off, we're really bad at it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so the whole point of you practice until you get better and you get better and you get better and you get better until you get really good at it, but it's practice. So instead of trying to attain stuff and then feeling like you're constantly falling short, no, this is this is you practice until you get better and better and better and you have the grace of God to do it, you know, and, and realize that wherever you're at with this, God adores you right where you're at. Because if he doesn't adore you where you're at, he's not going to adore you when he got it more figured out because you won't get it all figured out. Right. This is definitely for our benefit. It's not for his. It's for definitely for our benefit. Yes. That's what grace is. It's a benefit. Yeah. You know, um, 
Jesus even said this. He said, you have what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, and as she was talking earlier, your thoughts become your words. You know, what are you thinking on? Listen to what you're saying. That'll give you a good clue as to what you're thinking and what in and, and a perception that you have in life. You know, when you were a child, you remember playing the connect the dots game? Yep. We go from number one to number two and on until we get to 30 something. And then all of a sudden there's a picture. Mm-hmm. Well, our thoughts formed a picture yeah. yep. of how we perceive ourselves, God and the world. And right. so we're able to, uh, as we meditate on him and think on him, seek to know who he is. We begin to think his thoughts. Mm-hmm. It forms a whole new perception. So over people. So and so, you know, Christ in us is the power, is the energy to renew our thinking and restore the life that God intended. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's connecting him to that. I love it. Wow. Well, this is so great. We could keep on going and going because there's so much here, but I know we kind of need to wind it down. Yeah. Any final thoughts, any final encouragement for people like, well, you know, I'm working on this or, you know, whatever practical wisdom, any final things you want to share? Well, I was just, I would just like to encourage people who listen to this, that God wants to, he wants us to use our imagination, our sanctified imagination. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we can come on another time and talk about that. Cause I'm really, you know, we, in school, I'm a teacher and, a lot of times we squash kids' imaginations mm. and we don't tell them. We think, oh, you know, you know, you got to color in the lines or whatever. But God, imagination is a great tool. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, you know, just close. I just believe that people should do it would really help them just to do the mental exercises of just closing your eyes and not just saying that whatsoever things are lovely and pure, but imagine, use your imagination to create these thoughts. Wow. Yeah. You know, I think about David. When David prayed, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. You know, we need to realize that he's the God that indwells Mm -hmm. everyone. And he is with us. He will never leave us, never forsake Mm -hmm. us. We'll never be apart, which is what sin actually is believing that we're separated from God, you know, but we are never apart. How can you be apart? We are entwined. He is infused in us, according to the scripture I said earlier, but creating me a clean heart, Lord, a mind that is pure, that thinks on the pure, Mm -hmm. right? And the lovely and the good and, and, and a renew within me. And so, you know, as we go to the Lord and when things come up, we can say, Lord, what does this mean? And what is it you want to be now? You can never be before instead of me saying, oh, here we go again. According to the old mindset, Lord, what is it that you want to do new right now? How do you want to be new within me? And, and then uh, just allowing him to work in us. You know, he's not going to, deceive us ask him and he will show us and then we recognize our wrong thoughts and we reject those thoughts Mm -hmm. and we replace them with new thoughts so good and we all need it this is all of us wow wow well this has been so fun yay thank you for coming on um how can people get in touch with you um uh how 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 did they find you well we're, they can go on facebook it's impact family orangeburg south carolina just look for impact family orangeburg and just like our page mm-hmm. and um you can uh they can send us a message we read the messages there private messages and we would love to yeah. we would love to and we would love to to hear from you we are in transition and we had to you know make a little different move for the last year but uh, things are moving back to where we left off a year ago. And uh, we're excited about what's in store in Orangeburg region yes. of South Carolina. Yay. Love it. Yay. 
Well, thank you. You know, I love you guys. Reach out and reach out and connect. Uh, I know we should, we need to get together again. Sounds like we got our next topic. Love it. So, well, wonderful. Well, everybody like this and share this. Uh, People need this. This is really, really good, solid stuff that will change your life. So thank you everybody for watching. Once again, thank you again, guys, for being here. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.